Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on this lovely Friday morning. It is Friday, Jake Martin. Hope you came up, came with some pep in your step today. What up? Of course. What's up? How are we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you want me to start with story time at the beginning? I love story time. You know, it's always a rewarding experience to be able to share the mornings with you every single day. But, uh, <laughs> so, something happened, an important milestone yesterday that I need to point out. Was so, that a year? No, it was at home. So I've had, a pretty, I've had a, a pretty good year, you know, get to spend time with you and you and John in the mornings. And, of course, uh, moving into a new sports office at KNOE today, so I'm very excited about that. Won a few awards this year, but the biggest milestone happened yesterday. Okay. So I was having some issues with the pool. And as you know, I am probably, when it comes to handyman, probably the worst. Could barely replace a uh, light. Sure. So I was having issues and, of course, getting a little pressure from the wife. Hey, what's the deal? Uh, you gonna get this fixed? What's what's the deal? And I said, Well, I'm gonna try to fix it. You know, I'll work on it. So, you know, I thought I had no chance of figuring out the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Thought I was gonna have to call, go to the pool place, and you know, have to fork over some cash. I go home. I'm working on it for about three or five minutes, and I figured it out. I celebrated. I jumped. I was ready to jump in the pool immediately. But I think it was because of neglect on my part. But I failed to mention that to the wife when I called her and filled her in and said, Hey. I got it solved. I am the handyman of the year. Was this really the story time? Yes. You, you're not impressed with that story. I was just talking about it. it was a major milestone. You know, when you accomplish something that you don't think you could pull off and you actually fix something. Okay. But I thought this was like an anniversary or something. Like No, it's not that important. That's coming in a couple this weeks. This was – I was really let down because yeah. you, you built that up. All right, so that's how we start this Friday show. we got plenty to discuss over the next two hours. You can join the conversation on the Stuart Shelby uh, text slash hotline, 888-993-7762. We do have Jake in here for at least another couple of weeks, uh, maybe we think, as a Probably baby is on the arrival very soon. Very soon, yes. yes. Um, so we don't have any NBA to talk about. This is the first this week. So I think we need to dive into college baseball, and it was an eventful night. I can say that. Yes, you want to start with the good or the bad news? <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's start with just another crushing defeat. Yeah, let's. Start I with hate the bad. being negative on Friday, but the the bad news I thought was more newsworthy than the good news. It's interesting because it's always a dilemma. Who do you lead with? Last night I had that situation with ULM Louisiana Tech. Of course, the Bulldogs continue to try to work on that resume. They're at home. Then you have ULM trying to snap a 22-game losing streak to the Raging Cajuns. Great game down there, and Nick did a fabulous job calling the game last night. I listened to a majority from about the fifth inning on, and you could just feel the excitement in that ballpark. Yeah. It's tied. It goes to extra innings. You know, sports, it's so much great theater, so much drama. Mm-hmm. You hear from Coach Federico the last couple of weeks, and he continues to bring up, of course, uh, Will Daniels' name, a kid that uh, you know, is a star on the St. Frederick football team, of course, led the Warriors to the state championship game, uh, an outstanding baseball player also for the Warriors. He's one of the leaders of this team, a senior. He's been getting an opportunity in the last couple of weeks. He steps up to the plate. Basically, bases loaded in the 10th inning, one out, an opportunity to give them the go-ahead run. It is the perfect story back book finish for ULM, correct? Uh, you would hope so. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. He strikes out. They go down in that inning, and then in the bottom of the 10th, 
the Cajuns hit a walk-off home run. The streak continues. Yeah, Hayden Cantrell hit that home run for the Cajuns, and now the streak extends to 23 straight games. But, Aaron, if you want to look at this, if you can find a positive, this is now the sixth game of those 23 games that were decided by one run. (laughs) Power of positivity, right? Six of 23 have been close. But ultimately, they've lost all 23. Yeah, but, I mean, it it just goes to show last night the way it played out, kind of how we previewed it. It's much closer this year than it has been in years past as far as the competition on the field between both teams. So, you know, I I expect this streak to end. I don't know if it's going to end today or tomorrow, but I do expect this streak to end this weekend. Ooh, look at Jay. Step it out, like that. Usually end with the predictions at the end of the show. Uh Uh-huh. No. We start it off, and we end with a bang. Was this a kick to the uh, gut or a little lower? Aaron, can we even – try to get inside the minds of baseball players oh, because I mean, we've seen gut punches before and the next day, you know, ULM, Tech, LSU, we've seen it from all – Grambling as well. We've seen it from all four teams this year where they suffered a bad loss and the next day they came back and did oh, something we didn't think they would do. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, it's going to be hard for them to get back up after that. You just don't know. Uh, with the loss, ULM at 23-29 overall. The key stat, though, 10-18 and 18 in Sunbelt Conference play. I believe they are now tied for ninth going into the final two games of the regular season. Of course, need to be in the top ten. Yeah, it's tight. <laughs> it's tight. They're going to need to win one down there this weekend. Mm-hmm. Break that streak. Uh, that certainly was not good news. And then, of course, LSU, they are the ultimate road warriors. Richie's going at you. He said, apparently it was nothing major if you fixed it in less than five minutes. Don't get so full of yourself, my friend, that he says, probably just change the filter. <laughs> Richie may have a point there. But when you do something that's out of I character know, you for yourself. Good. You feel good. Yes. I, I get it. And I'm not a handyman. And, and the wife is looking at you, and you know she's like, oh, God, did I really marry this guy? Mm-hmm. He can't even fix the easiest things. Dude, the worst is my father-in-law can fix everything. Yeah. So I look like a real dope. Like I, I'm, I'm like you. I might be a little bit better than you because you put yourself way down there, but uh, I'm not much better. So I should never call you up and say, "Hey, can no, you come no, no, help me out." I'm never the guy to call up, no, because <laughs> I'll end up calling him. Hey, he, he, I mean, he's a farmer. He's known for fixing stuff. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so we thought LSU would be able to fix some of their problems as they made their way over to Auburn. Traditionally, they had handled uh, Auburn as they had won 14 of the last 17 and 24 of the last 32 versus Auburn. So what happens last night? Auburn takes it to them. Dude, it, like you said, the road woes just continue. Like, this team is so bad on the road. And it was a strange game because – LSU was down, and they actually got into back into the game. They're down five to nothing. They got back into the game because the Auburn center, center fielder just straight up missed the ball. Like I, I can't explain it. It was a strange play, and it scored two runs for LSU. And you're thinking, okay, maybe they've got luck on their side. No, not the case. Zach Hess was not good. Okay, he gave up uh, five runs on six hits and three walks and just three innings pitched. Uh, the good news was Jake Slaughter had a two-run homer. I mean, that's good news locally. Uh, but overall, man, now you're three and fourteen on the road. Three and fourteen on the road. Mm. And Hess is supposed to be the stabilizing force in the staff. I guess you would assume that because he is the, the traditionally the Friday night starter. But I never looked at him as. Are that. they going to win a game this weekend, LSU? Wow, know. you're more confident that ULM will win a game against the Cajuns than LSU winning one single well, game this weekend well, against Auburn. Well, Auburn's throwing Casey Mize tonight. He's one of, if not the best pitcher in college baseball. Mikel Hilliard is coming off a rough outing. So why would I be confident in that matchup? And then – You never know about the last game. You never know about the last Johnny game. Holstein. You don't know who's going to pitch. Uh, is, is Levis okay or – can Nick Bush put forth another grade? I mean, you just don't know. <laughs> okay. So, I'm not confident they'll win one. They certainly need to, though. Uh, it would be nice to see Hilliard go out and, and dominate like like we've seen him do before and, you know, rebound from that 
from that rough outing last week, but I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat Casey Mize. Cookie says, that's okay, Aaron. It took me almost 30 years to figure out how to change a tire. Oh, by the way, I'm 43. I think I can fix a tire, change a tire. I don't know about Jake over Have there. Have you ever? Yes. Okay. You know what the problem is nowadays? They have these cars that they don't even put, you know, a jack in them, which I, makes no sense, or a spare tire. Never understood that. You know what I don't understand? How, how we're, we're getting on to I'm trying to weave it in between these highlights. <laughs> is it working? It's it's random. But uh, Louisiana Tech continues them. to cruise along versus Old Dominion. They win 11-3 to in game win of that series. How about David Leal? Just continues yeah. to get it done. He knows how to fix a flat and also keep the Bulldogs rolling. Uh, big performance by him again. Seven strong innings. You killed me. Uh, yeah, so Liao got the start last night. Like I said, he was very dominant, and uh, it was one of those cases where he had the most rest, so he got the start. But, I mean, that's what a luxury that 76 is. 76 pitches to complete seven innings of work. What a luxury that is to be able to just go to him and give your other starters another another day of rest and say, oh, well, we got this guy that was our midweek starter that was – could argue as one of the MVPs of the team. And, yeah, we could just throw him in the first game. And, yeah, they got it done. Scott, uh, Steel Netterville, by the way, was three for four with four RBI in that one. Steel Netterville is a good name. That's it a is. It is a really good sports Steel name. Martin. I don't know. Maybe you should think about stealing that. Maybe. Parker Bates also outstanding. Both of them had four RBIs in the game. Of course, uh, Netterville, just a freshman. He was just a triple shy of the cycle. He ends up three for four from the plate. A leadoff man, Taylor Young, continues to get it done. The former West Monroe product, one of three with a pair of walks and two stolen bases. It's not flashy what Young does, but he continues to get on base. That's what you want. Uh, and also, Grambling State, yes. they continue to roll. They won 12-7 to over Alabama State yesterday. So now they await to see who wins between Alabama State and Prairie View A&M. They will face that winner later on today. Other college baseball news, uh, former Oak Grove standout Chase Cockrell, of course, he's made his way over to Ole Miss, and uh, he does not get the respect that he deserves, but he continues to tear it up. His club uh, eight home runs this year, 11 doubles, 33 RBIs, 34 runs scored. Bring all that up because he is now a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Award, which is given to the best player in college baseball. Pretty darn impressive. Of course, he started Oak Grove, then went the Juco routes, and now has found a home in Oxford. Yes, very good, very nice. Um, Cookie says, being the vice president of the Northeast Louisiana chapter of the Las Vegas Knights fan club. <laughs> like there is such a thing. We are looking for available candidates to be our man at arms. That is Jake Martin. He wants to know if you and I are up to the task. Do you want to adopt the Vegas Knights as our <laughs> NHL team? Uh, our Astros update coming up here in a minute, right? Uh, hope Hopefully. Uh, there was some news from uh, College Hoops as the Lady Texters and the Duncan Dogs add a couple players on the hardwood. How about uh, the Dogs getting uh, the Ledoux kid, Caleb Ledoux uh, from McNeese State. He will transfer in. He'll have two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, in a short time there with uh, McNeese, he was pretty darn impressive. In fact, uh, led them in scoring last year. Uh, I got you right here because of our good friend, Ben. Okay. He texted, he said, 15 points per game, 37% from three, third team All-Southland Conference as a sophomore. Said he'll sit out the 2018-19 season before having two years of eligibility remaining beginning in 2019-2020. The sophomore, he made 27 starts, and as you said, third team All-Conference. I reached out to some guys down in Lake Charles, said, hey, tell me a little bit about this kid. And they said, well, uh, not just pump the brakes just a little bit. There is a reason why McNeese is letting him go. Mm. Uh, transfers are always a, a dicey situation, but at least a you know, fresh start for him. You never know. Yeah, and look. I remember him at uh, Christian Academy, that Lafayette powerhouse, too. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and those numbers, I mean. And look, at there was a, some big-name teams that were, were ready to welcome him in. They beat out, Louisiana Tech beat out some big programs. You got some. I don't have them wrapped up on oh, my okay. list. But. But, okay, well, that's good. Uh, Lady Texters also get a transfer in a, a girl from uh, Texas Tech. Her name is uh, Grayson Brigg. She will have two years of eligibility remaining. She uh, started uh, 24 games and saw action in 27 as a sophomore. Averaged uh, three points, three assists, and three rebounds per contest for the Red Raiders. There you go. Ben says they beat out Gonzaga. 
Indiana, Virginia Tech, UNLV, among others. Wow. Yeah, those are some heavy Those hitters. are those big names I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for doing all of our research. Also says he heard the same, likes to shoot a lot. Uh, Got to fit in that system. Those are the few headlines on this Friday morning. If we missed one or two, you can hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Paint Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Is that crying? Let's get to the starting lineup. Yes, he, he wants a joke. Burrow update. So do I. What do we know, Jake? Still, still waiting. Uh, still waiting to, to hear what, you know, it's apparently down to LSU and Cincinnati. He did not take that trip to oh. North Carolina. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, you can stalk his Instagram if you want because uh, apparently he's following new people from LSU. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I know. When we're getting down to Is he to, following the pills? <laughs> no, he's, he's taking the boogie, yeah. boogie route on that one. Anyway, so Ed Orgeron wakes up this morning. He's on his third Red Bull. And, oh, what, what's Joe Burrow doing? Yeah, Are we closer. <laughs> yeah, so hold that tag. It's, it's, I don't know. What would, I don't know, wouldn't even call it fun to follow this. <laughs> it's intriguing. It's interesting because it could have a big time effect on LSU. But oh, Jake was so fired up. No, this no, morning. no. I, 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 I think it's. I, but I just think it's kind of dumb. We're just all. Everyone is sitting there going, "What's this twenty-one-year-old doing?" You were so fired up, though, because you found another sports book that has now got the odds down to six and a half wins yes. for LSU next year. Yes. Time. My buddy is going to be in Vegas again Monday. I said, go to the sports book. If it's at six and a half, I'm going to wire some money to you. And we're, we're going all in. Six and a half? All right. What's all in for Jake Martin with a kid coming? hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to get a text from the wife. A hundred dollars? You sure? <laughs> I've already cleared it with her. I said, baby, it's free money. Money. Uh, are we fired up for two huge events on Saturday? What that captures your attention more? The Royal Wedding or the Preakness? Oh, yeah. Can I skip both? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I skip both? That's a real question. How about this? Will Farrell's going to do some coverage of the Royal Wedding for HBO. Would you be all in for that? Now, that I could, if he's dressed up as Ron Burgundy and is in character of Ron Burgundy, I would watch that. I don't think he's going to be in character for Roger. Well, then I'll pass. Why wouldn't he be? You know if he's going to actually Meghan Markle cover. is. Do you know who she is? No. I was watching the game show network the other day, and I'm a big fan of Deal or No Deal. She was one of those girls. And they were actually getting in and trying to capitalize on her. They had all the highlights when she would, you know, open up the case the five or six times that she did it. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't follow this stuff. I don't... What like I heard it was my wife told me it was like early in the morning. She might be wrong, hmm. but why would you wake up early in the morning to watch a wedding? It's foreign to me. I don't know. I'm all in. Of course, uh, the Preakness Rick Macklin will join us at 7:45. We'll talk some thoroughbreds. We'll also discuss some wrestling. How about that? Hey, how about that? We'll go old school. Uh, at 8:15. Speaking of old school, Ben Mintz with a rare appearance again on the morning drive. Talking about a guy that likes to put down a bet or two. We'll get his take on legalized gambling. Also, he was at the spring game between Washita and Airline last night. Joey Trappe joins us for his weekly visit at 845. It is Feel Good Friday, so I've got a feel good story coming up next. Oh, that's a nice tease. And Isaiah Bugs, the interview we've been promising all week long. The kid from Ruston made his way over to Alabama and now has a national championship. You'll hear from him also today on the show. Is the feel-good story the fact that the Browns are going to be on hard knocks? <laughs> no? The music has run out. We have two. 888 <laughs> We're back after this. I love how a great plan comes together. Jake wants to bet his life savings on uh, LSU and the over on six and a half. Uh-huh. Just needed somebody to place the bet this weekend, and now he has found his man. Good old Tim Whitman. Yeah. He's going to be in Vegas. He's going to be in Vegas. And he said, show me the money. I'll put it down for you. He's going to have to take a cut of that. Well, let's not get into all that now. And I don't know if Tim's going to be all about putting that kind of cash, not his money, on LSU. Yeah, but I am I mean, it's technically my money if I send it to him. (laughs) So, anyway, a plan does indeed come together. 
So now you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is. I, dude, I, if it's six and a half, I will put. I, I got to clear it with the wife, but I'm at least <laughs> I'm at least at a hundred. Like she's down for a hundred. I might try to talk her into more than that. Mm. That's dude. There's no way they go six and six. There's no way. No chance. Not with that front seven. I don't care about all the other concerns. No chance. There's no chance with that front seven, and they're deep on the offensive line again. An injury or two on that LSU defense? They can withstand it. Now, in the secondary, they take a couple nicks. That's worrisome. But I think they have enough uh, skill players to fill in those roles. They start one and three. Orgeron gets fired. Aranda takes over. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they start one and three, I'll start to worry. Uh, After a 17-14 loss to Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Well, they lose the tech. It's then my predictions out the window. Uh, I think I think they'll beat Miami too. <laughs> I know that's I know that sounds crazy, but t- traditionally, many ideas in that defense against an offense that has so many question marks. Okay, but traditionally LSU plays really well in those type of games. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like they just come out and they just look so much faster on turf. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, traditionally, uh, was Wisconsin included in that traditional game? That went on turf. That was in Lambeau. Uh, but I guess you could include that, and they did look awful. Um, but, yeah. This is Friday. Let's have a feel-good Friday story. I know you always are I'm negative. negative Ned over here. How about positive, Paul? How about this story on this Friday? So, Drew Brees, uh, he is, what is he, just jet-setting across the country? He's doing all these stops, all these appearances. He was in San Diego. This happened actually last Friday, but for some reason it's just making the news now. Uh, I saw it on Saturday. Actually, did a little segment on KNOE. Drew Brees, this kid in San Diego, he learned about him. His name is uh, Alex Ruiz. He was a quarterback for Linfield Christian School in Southern California last year in October. His knee bent at 90-degree angle the wrong way. He could not feel his right foot uh, during the play. Uh, the story says he kept running the, running the play. He was stacked up by defenders at the line of scrimmage. His right foot stuck in the ground as he tried to wiggle out of a tackle, and the weight on his back popped the joint out of socket and then ruptured an artery that circulated blood to his foot. Obviously, Alex Ruiz was in a tough shape right then. A month later, the doctors come to him and say, this has got to be your decision. It cannot be the decision of your parents. It cannot be our decision. You have to decide whether or not you want to amputate your foot below or your, your amputate a limb below the knee. So Ruiz decides that is after much crying, much uh, soul searching, that that is the direction that he's going in. Yeah. So he's always been a big fan of uh, Drew Brees. So they had a little uh, ceremony there in San Diego. And without further ado, this is what it sounded like. as a l- nice little surprise from Drew Brees. Now, Alex, what number did you wear when you played football? Number nine. Why? Drew Brees, my brother. Uh, it was my favorite number growing up. Drew Brees was the guy, right? Yes, sir. So right now I'd like to introduce a gentleman who'd like to present you something. His name is Drew Brees. you with your walking prosthetic leg but not just this but we are committing to you that in the fall once you get the hang of this and it's ready to start running and training and competing again we're going to get you your athletic training prosthetic as well good guy drew that's good stuff man yeah, uh, when they came to him, he said, I decided this is how I wanted to do life. We sat there and cried and held hands. They made me realize, me without a leg, I'm still me. He went on to say, uh, this was the coach uh, speaking, speaking about when he had a talk with uh, George Ruiz about the situation and the dilemma and the decision. 
When we spoke and he told me about his decision, he had to pull me through it honestly. I bawled like a baby, and he just stopped me and said, hey, coach, I need you to stop. It's my decision. It's something I want to do. I want to be able to play with my kids and run and do all that. And if I don't get this done, I won't and don't treat me differently. Mm. Ruiz then uh, at this uh, event on Friday was asked about his hero, his idol, and what it meant for Drew Brees to be there and, of course, uh, offer his assistance. It's beyond a dream come true. I never would have thought he would have known who I am at all. About a year ago, eight months ago, nine months ago, I, he was just someone I looked up to and tried to match my play with his play. And I looked up to him in every single way as a man, as a football player, as a human being. And Drew Brees, of course, uh, met with the Pesky Press and talked about his relationship with Ruiz. There's a kid who I think very easily could have lost hope after his situation. I mean, I remember I had a, I had a terrible knee injury in, in my junior year of high school. That could have been, that could have been me. And I think all, if all of us look at it like that, um, then I think that's when we can all band together and, and be there for one another and help one another. And again, it's part of what we want to do through Football in America is be able to contribute to organizations like Challenge Athletes Foundation to make a difference in, in, in people's lives just like this, to be able to give Alex that prosthetic leg that's going to allow him to walk around, get around, and then eventually get to the point where he's able to play football again. Because ask him right now, and there's no denying the look in his eye that that's what he wants to do. You saw it, because we, we knew you. Uh, when I started playing for the San Diego Chargers in 2001, I don't, I, think, yeah, I don't think he was born yet, right? And then here we are 17 years later, and he has this horrific injury playing football, wearing the number nine, and I sent him an autographed jersey. And I, I, I remember as I was doing it, I was saying, this, this kid sounds incredible. I hope I get a chance to meet him someday. And then here we are, and I'm able to hand him a prosthetic leg that's going to you know, hopefully change his life again. So, but for the better. Um, that's pretty amazing. You know what's crazy is, you know, when you, when you play football, you understand, like, injuries happen, especially uh, all sorts of knee injuries. But at least for me, I never once thought about, like, losing a leg. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you never really think that far. And for that to actually happen is pretty terrifying. But uh, I'm glad the story had a happy ending. A uh, local car dealership there has uh, donated a new vehicle, and he's learned how to drive left-footed. Prairie Division Three College offered uh, him financial aid package to join the team as a student coach. If he can't play or suit up as a quarterback, he'll still get to uh, be a part of that squad. Well done, and of course, uh, what the NFL continues to do in these charity events, including Drew Brees kind of spearheading it and being the face of at least this uh, presentation. Uh, really good stuff. That's why we love Drew. Uh, One of the many reasons. All right, Jake, I'm done for the day. You can try to follow <laughs> that up next. All right, so we'll bring up some negative stuff, and then... <laughs> I can find something negative. <laughs> 888 It's the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. We're back after this. Earlier I told the story about how I actually fixed something around the house, and that happens probably about once a year. Richie wags in and says, at least it wasn't on the level of my wife. Kicking and screaming at a tiller because it wouldn't start after 40 pulls. All I did is walk over and flip the switch to on. Easiest and funniest fix ever. <laughs> Curious, Richie, then how did you handle that situation with your wife? Yeah. Did you gloat? Did you taunt? Better better be quiet. Just uh <laughs> And now you're on the radio bragging about it. Uh-huh. Hopefully she's not listening, Richie. <laughs> That's right. Um so what's an easy fix in Cleveland? Put them on hard knocks, give them a little bit more national yeah, television. That's right. time. That'll help. Primetime coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm about this though. If you haven't heard, uh the Cleveland Browns will be the featured team on Hard knocks. I'm intrigued. I, I want to see, you know, Baker yes. in that role. Yeah, it's all about Baker. It's all about Baker, dude. What, what, it what has nothing to do with the wide receivers, drivers, Landry. It, that'll be fun too. But I'm saying Baker should have the personality that carries it. Now, I, I don't know if you're a hard knocks fan or not. I watch every season. There are good seasons and there are bad seasons. What's Regardless, the best and what's the worst? Jets was the best. Hands down, with Rex Ryan, that was the best to me. Um, the worst, man, there's been a lot of bad ones. Cincinnati was bad to me. Atlanta, the Rams was actually pretty bad. Uh, the Who was Atlanta, the assistant coach? Byron Cox, wasn't it? Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't, he was one of the more uh, better parts of that. Yeah. I guess Atlanta, I said more better again. Yeah. I guess Atlanta <laughs> is, was middle of the pack. 
But I, I remember just not really liking Cincinnati's, and I really didn't like Los Angeles because I thought golf was such a <laughs> such an idiot. Um, but like I said, the Jets was was great, and I think if you have those loud personalities, which I don't know if Baker's going to be able to really showcase that, or if he's going to be on his best behavior. It's like the the first day at school, you know, you're you're usually on your best behavior the first day of school. So we'll we'll see if he if he gets to let that personality show. But uh, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm ready to settle in and watch it. Regardless, but around that time, you're you're just so you want anything yeah. football related, so you'll watch it whether it's good or bad. But uh, yeah, I think it has potential to be pretty good. I think they didn't. They weren't a big fan of it. But uh, and then of course, when will the Saints ever be featured? Probably when uh, Sean Payton leaves and the new coach comes in. That'll be the first time the Saints will be. Well, featured. they don't. I, I thought they didn't have a choice anymore. Well, I think it's down to four or five franchises that uh, have not been on it yet. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm saying is I thought the NFL could 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 put you in that spot whether you wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember reading something about that. But <laughs> if you're consistently in the playoffs, I don't think you're in it. How about this quote from uh, John Dorsey, the general manager from the Browns? He said this uh, earlier this month, of course, before it was announced that his team would be the featured squad on Hard Knocks. I don't think there's anything good that can come out of Hard Knocks, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, so if you don't like hard knocks, what about all or nothing, where they follow you the entire year? Which, by the way, I, I saw on Amazon Prime, the Cowboys is up. So I've got to, I've got, I still got to watch the Michigan all or nothing, and I still got to watch the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I got so much. To you got some up. time this summer, Jake. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, other news from the NFL: uh, Des Bryant, of course, continues to look for a new team. He's had one offer, and that was from the Ravens a few weeks ago, and he basically turned it down. But so far, he has no regrets. Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> if <this laughs> no job comes, you're going to regret turning that down. What right? does that say about Des Bryant that he's had one offer so far? Well, it's it says that he's got quite the reputation. And I think even with that reputation, he would have got offers had he had the big big seasons that we're used to seeing from him. That production has dipped a bit, and so with that reputation, if you're not going to give me those big-time numbers that you had been, if there's a dip in your production, why should I gamble and possibly cost the, the team with, you know, the team's chemistry by adding you, mm. who a lot of people view as poisonous? So uh, from left field, out of nowhere, we see a story about T.O. What is he doing in the headlines, and why do we care what he thinks of the Dallas Cowboys now? But he has a quote and says he doesn't understand why Jason Garrett continues to have a job. He told the fan, 105.3 there in Dallas. Uh, The Cowboys are not really expanding or progressing even as a team under his coaching tenure there. At the end of the day, I love it when they go at the end of the day, how can you keep allowing players to be the scapegoat for what's not happening, especially when you have a head coach that's supposed to be offensive-minded? Ooh, taking shots at Jason Garrett. Yeah, but do we care? Do we care what his opinion is? Honestly. Do you? Is he still trying to come back? I don't know. I, I thought he was on MTV. Wasn't he doing a show with MTV? Anyway. He did have a little past with, of course, uh, Jason Jarrett. Uh, Owens played uh, three seasons with the Cowboys from 2006 to 2008 when uh, Garrett was the Cowboys' assistant head coach and offensive coordinator under Bill Parcells. So maybe he still has uh, a grudge against Jason Garrett. Possibly so. All right, Aaron, I want to get to uh, some Tua news. We talked. Hey, one other note, and I thought this was good from the NFL, uh, the fact that another yeah. franchise, uh, the Ravens, have decided – to follow in the footsteps of the Falcons, and they are slashing food and drink prices inside the stadium. This is something we can fully support. I think everybody would agree that uh, concessions at sporting events are outrageous. Across the board, you know, these are nice cuts. What, 18 20% for a beer, a hot dog? Yeah, so it's actually 33% savings because you can get a stadium hot dog, french fries, and domestic beer for $13. That would have cost you nineteen fifty mm. in the past. Um, and chicken tenders with fries, which I never understood, eleven dollars. They've cut that back to seven dollars. Mm. So it's still 
technically high, yeah. but it's it's getting a little bit better. It all boils down. If you want a beer now at a Ravens game, it used to be eight fifty. They have knocked it down to seven dollars. If you're in that kind of thing, hopefully more NFL franchises will follow this lead set by the Falcons and now the Ravens and other sports as well. All right, so uh, uh, we talk about Alabama and, of course, the situation at quarterback. And now more developing news with uh, Tua and perhaps uh, what he was thinking last year going to that championship game. Yeah, this is shocking that he would come out and say this. But he he said, uh, I wanted to leave the school when he wasn't the starter. So I told myself if I didn't play in the last game, which was the national championship game, I would transfer out. If I gave in, I don't think I would have seen the end of the end blessing of where I am now. He then went on to give further details, saying, I called my dad and asked if asked him if my offer from the University of Southern California was still available. Hmm. I wanted to leave. I told my dad I wanted to go to a school where I thought it'd be easier for me and wouldn't challenge me so much. What I like that quote. I, I like it from an honesty standpoint. I think it's great. But I, I, if I was close to him, I would have advised him not to say it. Because what do you think Nick Saban thinks when he sees that? Do you want the easy way out? Well, I wanted to go there. Uh, so you knew Saban probably had a feeling, and we all consider him, of course, this genius. So maybe it wasn't that Who big a, a genius of a move for him to bring him into that ball game like he did. Maybe he also knew, hey, I got to get this kid in here because he could be leaving. No. If if they're winning that game with Jalen Hurts, he's not bringing in Tua. I would not. Don't you dare try to use this to take an achievement and accomplish, accomplishment away from Saban. I thought that was a great move by Saban, a move that – what did we discuss when we talked about Les Miles all the time? He didn't make the switch at quarterback in the national championship game. That haunted him. That haunted him. So Nick Saban had the guts to do that. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, maybe he did it because he didn't want his guy to transfer. No, he did it because he needed a spark. He needed something different. It wasn't working with Jalen Hurts. Mm. So I, I I disagree with that. Let's go as we go to break. Uh, Gary says, I'm going to miss Ringo and Pool Boy next week as I'll be traveling to the NFL Hall of Fame. Nice. Oh. I'll catch up with the morning soap opera when I get back. Hey, Cheers. you could listen on the app while you go there. And what is that? App? Red Peach app, uh, Sports Talk 977. You hit that out of the ballpark. I sure did. You're getting better. Didn't hesitate it. at all. Uh, Rick Mocklin joins us after the break. We'll talk a little uh, Triple Crown plus maybe some wrestling. Yes, Old sir. school wrestling. Yeah, some Terry Funk. One of the most entertaining guests and intriguing guests that we have. He will join us after the break. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake, for all the guests that we have on, would you consider Rick Mockling one of the most fascinating of them all? Of course. Intriguing. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline, certainly one of our favorites. With that lead in, Rick, how are you doing this morning, bud? Man, doing good, Aaron. How are you guys making out? It's Friday morning, day before the Preakness, so it don't get any better than this. Uh, i got a lot of things I want to touch base with you on, and I want to start with this. Uh, huge news, of course, this week with uh, uh, some states will be able to have legalized sports vetting in the very near future, especially over in Mississippi. It looks like uh, they're pushing this thing through and it could be within 45 days. Overall, yeah. you look at this, and a guy that, of course, has been involved with uh, gambling and horse racing for a majority of your life, what do you think yeah. about this ruling? Well... It's something that we're going to have to deal with here in Louisiana. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think I remember reading yesterday that the Louisiana legislature voted down um, to have legalized sports betting here in Louisiana. Now, if Mississippi gets it, we're going to lose a lot of those guys that do come over here to bet on horse racing. Um, it's If Texas gets it, Texas is going to hurt Louisiana Downs tremendously. Um, it's not going to be good for Louis, for Louisiana racing if we don't do it, but it doesn't look like we're going to get it done anytime soon. Um, it, unfortunately, it seems like Louisiana is one of the few states that um, casino gambling and slot machines and video poker machines on track haven't really helped the purse structure. The answer mm-hmm. 
to that. I don't know why it hasn't. It was supposed to be designed to do that. But this is going to be just another blow to Louisiana racing if we're not able to compete with everybody on an even playing field. So I don't think it's going to be good without us having it. On the flip side, if the state would have been proactive, and this is the direction, of course, they wanted to go, I thought it actually could have been good for uh, tracks if, of course, they would be able to put in some sports books, certainly another opportunity to draw crowds over there. I I would agree with you 100% because what happens is the, the crowd that comes, they're making sports bets, and they're able to watch horse racing, make bets on, on live horse racing if that particular track is running live racing at that time. I think it would have been a win-win situation for us in Louisiana. And quite honestly, I don't know why it was voted down. I thought with this uh, ruling by the Supreme Court that it would just open the door for us to do this. But I, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's not going to happen. I will say, though, this, Rick, uh, for the Kentucky Derby, of course, I went on a website, Twin Spires, and I was able to place uh, one or two wagers on the Kentucky Derby and just the convenience of that. And, I, I mean, it was incredible. But I could also see yeah. just the dangers of having your phone right there and watching live racing from your living room and be able to gamble on uh, every race across the country. Right. And one of the drawbacks to Twin Spire accounts or any of the other betting sites across America is it you said the key, it keeps you home instead of going to the races and being on track. It's just easy to sit in your living room, make your bets, watch uh, the races as they come up. And uh, although the, the host track that you're betting on does benefit from from that, it's yeah. just um, it, it, it's, it's taking away from people being on track for the live racing product itself. All right, let's uh, talk about a little bit about the pre-race show. I'm all in. I watched literally from 1.30 on for the Kentucky Derby. I know you have mixed reviews on that show because it kind of caters to the, the traditional, the non-traditional racing fan. What do you think they right. can do to change that up a little bit or have more of a, a true blend of for the non-racing fan and, of course, then for the hardcore fan? Well, me for myself, being a... A, a, a racing traditionalist, I'm not a big fan of some of the features that they're doing on it. And I know they're trying to attract everybody to it. But I made a comment on Facebook right after the Kentucky Derby about some of the old pros that used to do Kentucky Derby coverage. Frank Wright was one of my favorites. Uh, Dick Enberg when it was on NBC. And the only shot that we had was depending on what color Haywood Hale Bruins' sport coat would be. He always wore the plaid and the real, real loud-colored sport coat. But now we've got somebody like Johnny Weir on TV, and he's got looked like he had a sea urchin on top of his head last uh, for the Kentucky Derby coverage. And I'm just not a big fan of that. I'm really not. I want to know what's going on with these horses and the guys that do the actual coverage of the of the, the horses themselves, it um, that is so good. Bob Baffert made a statement on there when he was talking about Justify. He said, this horse weighs 1,260 pounds. That is large for a thoroughbred. I didn't realize that Justify was that big and that powerful. He has a very powerful running style, but I didn't think physically he was that big. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't see that on TV watching him run, but Little things like that, and Bob Baffert saying that when this horse came to his barn, he knew he was something special, and then Bob says he's the second-best horse he's ever trained. Of course, American Pharaoh being the, the best horse, he says, because he's won the Triple Crown. But other than that, Bob Baffert has trained some unbelievable racehorses. His Silver Charm, uh, Game On Dude, just, you know, real quiet. Um, he, he's, he's trained some really great racehorses, so... He's putting this horse right up there as his second-best racehorse he's ever trained. Uh, Baffert, 4-0 in the Preakness with the Derby winner. And, of course, you look at the odds, justify getting just incredible odds. So you look at this and try to handicap this race. Is it justify winning this thing easily, Rick? I think he is. I think he is. And I read this morning on Facebook, um, D. Wayne Lucas, who has two horses in the race, watched 
justify train and refer to him as a man among boys. I cannot see any type of scenario developing that will keep this horse from winning. Um, he breaks sharp. He's a good speed horse. In the Kentucky Derby, he was right behind fast fractions. He ran on an off-race track against the 20-horse field. And I don't think that Mike Smith got everything out of him in that race. I just think he used what he needed to to win the race. And when you look at the past performances for for the Preakness, Justify, of course, has run four times. He's won four times. He does not have a speed figure below 101. Only one other horse has a speed figure at 100, and that's good magic that ran second. And that 100 speed figure came out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that he won. I just don't see anything developing that, can be justified unless unless there was more to what happened to him day after the Kentucky Derby when they said he was lame and he came out. And I tell you, watching him walk that morning, he was kind of up on his toe a little bit, which tells me, yeah, he probably had a bruised heel. He was not putting his foot flat on the ground. That's something that can be taken care of. You know how sometimes you, uh, you, you may hit, some part of your body, your foot, or bruise your finger, bruise your, your heel or whatever. And for the first couple of hours, it hurts really, really bad. But then it subsides. It goes away, and then you go back to walking normal. I think that's pretty much the same thing. But I do want to say that the only way I think this horse gets beat tomorrow is if there is some underlying problem that he's got that may surface in the actual race, but I really don't think that can happen. I don't think that Justify has to run 100% tomorrow to win. I think Good Magic looks like he's going to be second, so I'm telling guys that I know just go to the window, make an exact a 7-5 and five until your arms fall off. So I just think that uh, they, these two horses are standouts. Justify being a huge, huge standout against this field, and you know, a lot of guys who I respect their opinion are talking about this horse is triple crown worthy, and we just may see another triple crown winner. And I agree with that. Justify made a huge believer out of me in the Kentucky Derby, and, and I, too, was concerned about the early fractions. But he was sitting behind the speed. I think it was promises fulfilled when they went 22 and change, 45 and change. And he was doing it so easy. This horse doesn't waste any action. He's very relaxed when he runs. And I think he's as close to a push-button horse as you can find nowadays. So um, I think we, we haven't seen the best of Justify yet. Hmm. Uh, four horses skipped the Derby for one reason or another, and they will be in this race. Any of those four got a chance? And then, of course, uh, Gail Benson's horse, Lone Sailor, sailor that finished eighth at the derby uh would you put them in the mix at all well i picked him fourth just because i i'm pulling for tom amos and i'm i'm pulling for gail benson and i'm pulling for their connections to get some piece of it i do think this horse diamond king i do like this horse a little bit to run third i just don't think that the top two can be okay. messed with but this horse diamond king ran into federico tessio a couple of weeks ago and uh, at Laurel and was, uh, you know, one by three quarters of a length. This horse has got some talent. He really does. John Service is a great trainer. And Javier Castellano rides Diamond King, so I think they have a chance. And one of the, one of the things I see Tom Amos has taken James Graham off of Lone Sailor and he put Jose Ortiz. Jose Ortiz is just an unbelievable rider. This guy is a complete rider. He's as good as there is right now, and that could make a difference. But this horse doesn't have a lot of speed, so he's going to be far back. Now, if he can pick up some pieces of it in the end, I think he can. But as far as being a legitimate threat to win the race, I just don't think he's that kind of horse. I think he's a cut below uh, the top two horses in here. All right, you're one of our most fascinating guests. You wear a lot of different hats. You're a musician, of course, no horse racing in and out. And, of course, you uh, spent some time in pro wrestling way back in yes. the day. How did yes. that take place? 
Well, when I was announcing at the uh, fairgrounds and doing TV work, I was a backup announcer. There was a gentleman that used to come in our press box by the name of Colonel Buck Robley. And he was from, he's from Shreveport, and he was involved in forming a wrestling federation. So he asked me, he said, Rick, have you ever done wrestling before? I said, no, I haven't. Would you be interested in doing some TV work with us and ring announcing? I said, yeah. So what I did is I went to the video stores back then, and I rented the WrestleManias and whatever wrestling tapes I could, and I watched them, and I learned what the holes were and what they were called and some of the moves that they made, and I started trying to memorize that and learn that. And I got to tell you, Aaron, when I did wrestling, that was the most fun I have ever had in any type of announcing or TV jobs. I've, you know, I've had radio talk shows. I've done radio show, uh, uh, TV shows on horse racing. I worked with Tuxedo Terry Funk, and mm. I tell you what, it was unbelievable how much fun that we, could, we had. Now, some of those guys, they turn their characters on and off. Some of them stay in character. They're just a little a little different than, than most of us. But I tell you what, I had so much fun. And one of the most interesting characters I ever worked with was nature boy Buddy Landell. Uh, he kind of patterned his game after Ric Flair. Um, he was just amazing. at it. And he would tell me, I got to be pretty good friends with him, and when we would do interviews, he'd say, Rick, wait, wait you, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say today. And he would put people in an uproar. But it was, and I saw some good wrestling. Let me tell you this quick story. When I first started, we had a guy who was not even a main event wrestler. He was on, a, on the undercard, and he had long blonde hair, and his name was Stunning Steve Austin. He was not even Stone Cold Steve Austin yet, and he worked with us. And I tell you what, these guys, they, they are just characters beyond belief. How did you keep a straight face a lot of those times when you're doing those promos? Sometimes it was hard to keep a straight face. When I was doing a, an interview with Nature Boy Buddy Landell in St. Bernard Parish at the St. Bernard Civic Auditorium, this is one of the times he said, watch what I'm going to do to, to kind of get him going. He referred to the women of St. Bernard Parish as two for a nickel. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.